0: The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams from the service already in progress. Good morning, church, here in Raleigh and around the world. Good morning. Thank you for being with us in the gates of our lord to worship and praise him and to be inspired and encouraged by the word of the lord you know the song they were just saying said he's blessing me and i want god more than anything else to bless you to bless his people you know i haven't said very much about giving Because I haven't had to. And one of the reasons I haven't had to say a lot about giving is because of the faithful few. The faithful few who are obedient to God and they know firsthand how God is blessing them. But you know, beloved, I would be remiss if I didn't encourage you. You know, during this pandemic, and we're about two weeks shy, From being in this pandemic for one year, for one year as a local church, we haven't had service. So in about two weeks, we can look back and say it's been one year. And during this one glory, during this one year, our giving units have substantially decreased. Our tithing units have decreased. But yet God has increased if that makes sense. God is still blessing us. And I want God to bless you too. Listen, beloved, you will never start living until you start living. And you will never know these things are true until you allow God to let it happen to you. You must put God first. You got to seek God and his righteousness. You got to seek God first. And the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Honor God with your tithe. Give God offerings as he prospered you. Make a decision that you're going to be blessed and that the devourer will not come and destroy the fruit of your ground. I want the people of God to be blessed. And God has already prescribed a way. And you can't get around it, you can't go under it, you can't go over it. We must do it God's way. And to do it God's way is to give, 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 and it shall be given unto you. Glory to God. It sounds like this mic is going in and out. Are we okay? All right, good. Well, this morning, I will be reading to you once again... From the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 18. And this morning I want to read in your hearing verses 21 and verse 22. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 21 reads, And if you say in your heart, How shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. A couple weeks ago, I started a series entitled False Prophets. How shall we know them? False Prophets. How shall we know them? And today I want to call this message The First False Prophet. The First False Prophet. In the book of Genesis, We have to go back to the very beginning. You'll find this in Genesis chapter 3, where the serpent was more cunning, more subtle than any of the beasts which the Lord God had made. And the serpent said to the woman, "Has God indeed said, you shall not eat every tree of the garden, And the woman said to the serpent, because she knew the word, a lot of people know the word, but they still fall prey to false prophets. So the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, here comes the prophecy from the first false prophet, the serpent. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. And if you were there in the garden on that day and you were able to overhear this prophecy, you might have heard it something like this. Yea, thus saith the Lord. You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for fruit, food, she saw that it was pleasant to the eyes, and she saw that it was a tree desirable to make one wise, she took up the fruit and ate. And she also gave to her husband with her. And he ate. Then the eyes of them both were open when the prophecy failed. They knew that they were naked. They experienced shame, they experienced deception, they experienced remorse because the prophecy had failed. And so they sold fig leaves together made themselves coverings. False prophets and false prophecies, they begin in the Garden of Eden. Did you hear what I said? That's where they begin. They begin when the serpent, not prophesied, but lied, and that's a word I've coined, prophylied, when the serpent prophelied to Adam and Eve as you'll see in Genesis chapter three, verse four and five. Now, remember, a false prophet is someone who intentionally prophesies with an agenda that's not God's agenda. In the beginning, this is what the serpent did. Now, the agenda of false prophets are usually money, fame, or power. In the beginning, the serpent's agenda was to gain power over God's creation, Adam and Eve. Jesus in his sermon on the mount, he warned those that listened to that sermon in Matthew chapter seven, verse 15, Jesus warned them. He said, beware of of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly they're nothing but raven wolves. False prophets. Jesus said they don't come in this day and this time. They don't come in the form of a serpent like they came to Adam and Eve. They don't come looking like a wolf but they come looking like sheep. He warned us of false prophets. So the question is, how can you know if a prophet is false? How can you know? What can you do? Adam and Eve was deceived when the prophet came to them as a serpent. That had to be a good-looking serpent for some reason. That serpent had to appeal to Eve on some level. Because not only did she listen to the serpent, she told the serpent, No, this is what God has said. But the serpent began to prophesy Prophy, you shall not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of this fruit, your eyes will be open. You will be like God. Your eyes will be open and you will know evil, and good. So Jesus used a metaphor. He used a metaphor that false prophets don't come to us looking false. False prophets come to us like wolves and we being the sheep. Now Jesus chose this metaphor, sheep and wolves, so that we would understand the gravity And the danger of listening to false prophets. He said, when false prophets come to you, they will look like a sheep. They will sound like sheep. In other words, they will look the part and they will sound the part. But is that enough? Is that enough? Somehow the serpent looked the part. Somehow the serpent sounded the part and he fell for the words of the serpent like many of us have fell for the words of the false prophets but God says if the thing does not happen if the thing does not come to pass then this is the word I have not spoken for the prophet has spoken presumptuously and you shall not be afraid of him. Too many of us are moved by the looks. Too many of us are moved by the sound. They sound anointed. They talk anointed. But Jesus said they're nothing more than wolves in sheep clothing. Too many of us are moved by the outside and not moved by getting in touch with God on the inside. Had Eve took a moment and just got back in touch with her creator, she could have saved herself a lot of disappointment and shame. But instead of getting back in touch with her creator, she hung on to the words of the false prophet, the serpent. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, the Lord instructed the prophet Samuel To go to Bethlehem and anoint one of Jesse's sons to be king over Israel. And when Jesse, I'm sorry, when when Samuel the prophet arrived at Jesse's house, he sanctified Jesse. He sanctified his sons and he invited them to a sacrifice. And God had instructed him that I am choosing a new king from among one of his sons. They began to parade the sons of Jesse before the prophet Samuel. And they paraded the oldest son first, Eliab. Eliab was the oldest son. Eliab was tall, dark, and handsome, if you will. And Samuel said to himself, surely this is the Lord's anointed. And God spoke to Samuel and said, Do not look at his outer appearance. Do not look at his physical stature, for I have refused him. God does not see like man sees. Did you hear what I said? God does not see like man sees. For man looks on the outer appearance, but God looks upon the heart. Many of us have been deceived by the wolves in sheep clothing because we were looking on the outer appearance rather than on the heart. We were more concerned about how they looked and how they sounded rather than judging them from the heart. God said to Samuel, I have refused him. I have refused him. If God has refused a false prophet, then why should you listen to them? Why should I listen to them? But sometimes we don't have the tools. We don't have the tools to use and to apply to know the difference. But that's no excuse. False prophets may look like sheep, but they attack like wolves. Did you hear what I said? They attack like wolves. And anybody know anything about wolves? They're very dangerous. Very dangerous predators. In fact, a wolf cannot survive unless he continue to find prey. And I'm telling you, Jesus said the false prophet is like the wolf. And the only way the false prophet can survive is to keep finding prey. And oftentimes they're preying on your money. And they got to keep your money coming into their ministry for their own survival. It's not about God. It's not about you and your welfare. It's about what you can do for them. But Jesus said these are dangerous predators. They're looking to pray viciously. And they do that by attacking with their lies. Instead of prophesying, they are prophet lying. Huh? So what can you do? What could Eve have done? Well, we're in a better position than Eve. And we don't have to make the the same mistake as Eve. 1 John chapter one. Well, 1 John chapter four, verse one. John said, beloved, beloved, believe not every spirit Don't believe every person that stands before you who calls themselves prophet so-and-so. John says, don't believe every spirit. But he says, test those spirits. Test those spirits to see whether they're of God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. If many false prophets have gone out into the world, how do you know you haven't fallen prey to one of those false prophets? And remember, Jesus warned us he warned us even before John wrote 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus had already warned us, beware of false prophets. For they come to you in cheap clothing, but inwardly they're nothing more than raven wolves. So John says, believe, beloved, God loves you. God wants the best for you. So don't believe every spirit. You got to test these spirits to see whether they're of God. Why? Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. How do you test these spirits? Well, God has given us at least two tools. He's given us two barometers to use to know if somebody's prophesying to us or prophesying. What has he given us? He's first given us his word. He gave Eve his word. Through Adam, he gave Eve the same word. And we know that Eve knew the word because she told the serpent what God had said. So God has, number one, given us the word. Then, number two, he's given us his spirit. Test the spirits. You test the spirits by the spirit to see whether it be of God. In the book of Acts, chapter 17, verse 11, Paul and Silas had had come to a place called Berea. And they went into the synagogue to teach. And they noticed something about these Berean Christians. And they said in verse verse 11 that these Berean Christians were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they received the word of God with readiness of mind. But they searched the scripture daily to see whether those things were so This is what God is calling us to do. He's calling us to know his word for ourselves. How do you know you're not being lied to if you don't know the word of God? Any true prophet will always prophesy in line with the word of God. They won't go against what God said as the serpent did with Eve. You got to know the word. And you got to be of noble mind you got to receive the word with readiness of mind and then you got to search the scriptures to see whether these things be so. Don't let somebody prophesy to you something and you get all overcome with emotion. And you want to dance all over the place? No, no, no. Stop dancing a moment and search the scriptures to see whether those things are so. huh? Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Then God's given us a spirit First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10 says unto another, the discerning of spirits. Now here in first Corinthians chapter 12, God is talking Paul is talking about the gifts of the spirit, the nine gifts of the spirit and discerning of spirits is one of the gifts, one of the revelation gifts that he gives us. Now everybody don't necessarily have the gift of discerning of spirits. But if you have the Holy Ghost, if you have the Holy Ghost, there ought to be some degree, some level, some semblance of discernment in your spirit. You ought to be able to tap into the Spirit of God within you and say, Well, this don't sound right. Even though they looked the apart, even though they sound apart. The my spirit is telling me something isn't sitting right. You've got to be able to discern the spirit. But how can you discern a spirit when you don't know the word that the spirit has authored? You've got to know the word for yourself. So a true prophet, a true prophet will speak and he'll say, or he'll say, thus said." The Lord. And they'll speak that into a situation by proclaiming a true word. But a false prophet would say the same thing. A false prophet would always say, Thus saith the Lord. But that false prophet will be speaking lies rather than speaking the truth to get you to trust in him or her rather than God. It's all about drawing people into themselves. It's all about getting you to do something for them. Forget about God. God's no longer in the equation. God's no longer in the the center. They'll use the name of God and say, Thus saith the Lord to give you a false prophecy. So what is God saying? I believe God is saying to us as he said to Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 29 verses 8 and 9. God said, first of all, don't let the false prophets and the mediums who are among you, don't let them fool you. Don't let that person fool you because of their appearance. Don't let them fool you because of how they look. Don't let them fool you because they keep saying, God said, God spoke to me. Don't let them fool you, Jeremiah. Don't listen to the dreams that they invent, for they prophesy lies in my name. God says, I have not sent them, saith the Lord. And if you don't know the word, if you don't have some level of discernment in your spirit, then how can you test the spirits to see whether they be of God? Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Many have gone out into the world. So in closing, let me say this. The first false prophet was a serpent. And that's where the first false prophecy was given in the garden. False prophets were in the beginning. And guess what? False prophets will be in the end, until Jesus sets up his millennial kingdom on this world, on this earth. And until Jesus sets up his kingdom on this earth, there will always be false prophets. But they don't always have to be Adam and Eve's. People who fall for the wooden nickels, who fall for the okey-doke, who fall for lies. But we can learn from Adam and Eve. And we can say we're gonna search the scriptures, see whether these things are so. We're gonna test the spirits to see whether they're of God. So, the first false prophet was the serpent. And the serpent was motivated not by money, not by fame, but the serpent was motivated by power. He wanted power over God's creation. He wanted power over those, those two, Adam and Eve, that God had created in his image and after his likeness. He wanted to exercise power over them. And rather than them obeying God, the serpent wanted Adam and Eve to obey him. So what did he do? He prophesied. Not prophesied. He prophesied. He prophesied to Adam and Eve to draw them to himself. But his prophecy failed. His prophecy failed. Because when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, the forbidden fruit, the Bible says the eyes were open. They saw that they were naked. They felt remorse. They felt guilt. They felt shame. They felt embarrassment. They felt disappointed. They felt deceived. The eyes were open. And they saw that they were naked. The prophecy failed. And it introduced them to Shame, deceit, confusion, when those lies did not come to pass. Many people have been in the same predicament. Many people have lost their faith in God because of their misplaced faith in a man or a woman called a prophet. But they were really a false prophet. They were wolves. And shape clothing. So the serpent in the garden will do the same thing. The spirit of the serpent will do the same thing. It will cause the unsuspecting, it will cause the simple to believe a lie and be led into deep deception. But God is saying to us beware of false prophets, beware of false prophets beware of false prophets. I have not sent them. How do we know, Lord? He says that the prophet speaks a thing and it does not happen. It does not come to pass. He says, this is the thing that the Lord has not spoken. For the prophet has spoken presumptuously and you shall not be afraid of them. You shall not be afraid of them. Test the spirit to see whether they be of God. Test the spirit. Many false prophets have gone out to the world and they've gone out to the world like wolves to prey on you and to prey on me. But I will not become the prey of the false prophets. I'm going to stand on God's word. I'm going to be sensitive to his spirit and I'm going to discern truth. Truth recognizes truth. But when you're living a lie, you're Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.